You're tuned in to Muscle Car Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, welcome to episode number one of season two, Muscle Car Radio. I'm your host, Harry Christian, and we are being brought to you by musclecarsales.com.au. Today, I've got a few uh, guests. I've got Sam Bonacorso. Hello, Sam. How are you, mate? Good, Harry. How are you going? I've got my mate. Uh, what's your name again, mate? Robbie Lacerda. <laughs> Robbie Lacerda. Robbie's going to be joining us from time to time. That's going to be a bit of fun. And I've got Stephen Short. Steve, how are you, mate? Hi, Harry. How expert are how expert are you of all things Holden, right? Oh, most things. Good on you. <laughs> a bit of a HDT um, theme today. We've got the Legends of HDT event coming up. That's on the 5th of November. Sammy's going to run us through that. Uh, we've got some uh, some very, very special guests that are going to join us tonight, and they'll be featuring on the day out at Ridges at Parramatta. I'll let, uh, I won't uh, steal Sammy's thunder, but we'll be talking to John Harvey and Joe Felice, some very, very famous names amongst the HDT brigade, if you know uh, if you know anything about HDT Holdens and their racing days. So, boys, what's been happening? All fun and games. The Canoundra auction. Stephen. Oh, yeah, the auction on the weekend. Um, cars, parts, memorabilia, posters, brochures, anything you like, mate. Signs, uh, a, tw- a $25,000 plus premium fee for a um, Holden service sign uh, with a light in it. Unbelievable. And what about that Brougham? I know Brougham's are pretty yeah, close Brougham, to your uh, heart, there, right? was a, there was a HG Brougham was in... Reasonable condition, went for 37 and a quarter plus buyer's wow, premium. Wow, I had my eyes on that little XU1. How good was that thing? Well, it was okay, but got a bit dear. <laughs> but you're, you're a hard man to please. 100 grand, that's, that's pretty plus good Plus the money. buyer's premium, mate. Hey, you know what I'm going to be hitting Joe up with later on? You know the old XU2, and when they were developing the V8 uh, Tiranas? Yeah. Now, he was involved with that thing, and I... And led to believe that he used to actually drive one of the one of the cars that was put together. I think in a, in a Sebring orange colour. He was, used to drive that as a company car, and then he sort of spun that off. So I'm going to be hitting up with that because they were interesting cars, the XU2s. That is big V8s shoehorned in that little car. They would have been a weapon, right? It was never going to be called XU2. It was going to be called XU1 V8. Uh-huh. And if they did make one, I reckon I would have had one in the garage by now. How good. Well, you know what? That was the whole supercar. We've been through the whole supercar war thing, right? Where Or the supercar scare, where they uh, where the government killed off the Phase 4 GDHO and they killed off the, the V8RT uh, Charger and, of course, the V8 Tirana or the XU2, as it's commonly known amongst uh, out in the traps. But they would have been some serious cars. They got up to some silly speeds. Someone had a bit of a slight mishap and all of a sudden the government and the journalists were all over it. Yeah, Evan Green was the journalist, and obviously a very quiet news day. So uh, he he wrote this article and it became front page. And um, before you know it, uh, the Minister of Transport uh, threatened uh, the free manufacturers that if you make these um, uh, bullets on wheels, I think they he referred them to, mm. uh, we'll drop uh, uh, the government car yeah. cars that we buy. So they all dropped uh, straight away, instantaneously. And I think the first to go were Chrysler because they used to supply the South Australian government with police pursuit cars. They had the Highway Patrol charge. And, of course, the minute the government threatened to drop those contracts, boom, they stopped production of these supercars, right? Correct, correct. What a pity. Not good. Not good for the revheads. What could have been, hey? Oh, well, there's plenty of revheads that have made them, though. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> so, Sammy, what about this event, mate? Talk to me about the Legends of HDT. I've got a couple of spots. I'm really looking forward to this, mate. It's I'm revved. Be, it's going to be a fantastic night with John Harvey, Joe Fleece and Steve MacGyver coming out and obviously... Uh, and talking about their days at HDT and talking about their race days uh-huh. and what they got up to. So it's going to be unbelievable. And it's where? Where's where this being held? Ridges of Parramatta uh-huh. um, on the 5th of November. Yep. From about 6 o'clock onwards. Yep. And obviously you get to mingle with uh, the special guests there as well too. And they've 
happy to sign things. Ask you know you can ask as many questions as you want, and they'll be up on the microphone and having a good chat about their old days at uh, HTT and Holden Racing. Oh, and what's some stories? Eh, we're going to hear stories about Brocky, of course. You're going to hear some and we've had the tenth year, right? We've had the tenth year, year of, of unfortunately Brock Brock in 2006. Cut. Yes, uh, you can hear some great stories of you know the race days with Brocky, um, Harry Firth, Harry Firth, um, the Tiranas, the yeah. XU twos, um, obviously the XU one as well. Yeah. Um, and the early days of Commodore as well, too. Oh, so not to be missed by the hardcore events. It's going to be fantastic. So 95 bucks a person. Yep. Ridges Hotel. So if somebody wants to buy a ticket, mate, wants to get a bum on a seat, well, how do they do that, Sammy? They can call um, Michelle to book a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the details, um, you can call out the details. Ah, we'll put the details on the website right. as, yep, part no of, as part of this sort of uh, the, posting the first episode. No problem. The $95 gets you, obviously, entry plus a three-course dinner. Mm-hmm. Good quality food there at the oh, Ridges Paramount. a bit of dinner, Sammy. Yeah, we love, it. we love our food. We love our food. <laughs> and um, and obviously, the following day, you've got an opportunity to come out with the Legends as well too. We're going to go out for a drive probably down south somewhere uh-huh. and uh, enjoy the day, day with them as well too. So. Beautiful. What an opportunity because, you know, you talk about someone like John Harvey. He's now in his 70s. The man's been racing since the 1950s. That's right. You He's know, been around a long time oh, in, in the motorsport. You know, you an opportunity to spend a night with him and then the next day go out on a cruise. Steve, are you coming along? I'm hoping to. I do have a little bit of a conflict that I'm trying to get out of. Conflict? What does that mean, mate? Steve, you <laughs> have to be Someone's there. got you under the thumb. What's a conflict, no, no, mate? No, Please no, explain. No, no. Steve, you need to be there. You have to be there. The one Bobby's coming. You're coming, Bobby. You're sitting next to me, Steve. <laughs> ah, I'll be there. The it's, called, um, it's called a wedding. Oh, come on, mate. If You're, it's not family. Close family Steve? or just yeah. friends, right? Anyway, look, just, well, look, we'll send you the video, Steve, all right? <laughs> yeah. No, um, I should be there, mate. I should yeah, be there. No, very good. Look, uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's not very often you get to sit and uh, listen to these legends talk about so many things, so many stories, so many episodes, so much racing. You talk about HCT vehicles. You talk about Harry Firth. I mean, I've seen, you know, but Harry uh, back, in, back in the day and, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, uh, gone now, but you know, you talk about the days when he talked uh, about the, the team, the politics, the strategizing, the cars, the racing drivers. You can sit there, you're in all of these guys for hours and hours. It's fantastic. Anyway, we're going to be uh, talking to these legends and they're going to give us a heads up on uh, what they're going to be chatting about on the night. Legends of HDT, 5th of November 2016, Ridges Parramatta. We'll be chatting with those guys. I'm Harry Christian. I'm your host, Muscle Car Radio, brought to you by musclecarsales.com.au. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Muscle Car Radio. I'm your host, Harry Christian. We're here, brought to you, courtesy of musclecarsales.com.au. Boys, Sam, I've got Stephen, I've got Rob. We've had a bit of activity happening. I don't know whether there's cheap money around or what's happening, but what about these car prices in recent times? What's been happening? I'm watching them steadily climb again. We've had another hike, right? Yes, Harry, I, I reckon over the last six months they've gone up. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, they'll continue to go up. Me as a finance manager, I think it's low interest rates. People it just, is. I'm sure yeah. it's cheap money. People may going to quit on real estate and the rest of it. So they've got some uh, money to spend and off they go. Look, I know the boys out at Muscle Car Sales, musclecarsales.com.au, they've had some record prices at the moment. They just sold a Surfer Orange, admittedly best in the country, um, phase two uh, GDH. They've got 500 grand for this thing. They sold a, a lime glaze sunroof, very special, restored um, XA uh, GT RPO for two hundred and forty grand, like phenomenal, wow. phenomenal money. And then you got the stuff out at Canoundra, right? What, what, what did they get, Sam? What was uh, Steve? What's some of the prices out there, mate? Well, you know, like if you don't want to always talk muscle cars, they obviously had the XU one for a hundred. They had a um, hmm. you got to remember all these cars are plus buyers premium. So, and there was a HK one eight six S 
just an average car, okay, but they yeah. went for 80. And then you had a 52106 clean FX type ute for 55. Unbelievable. You had an original HR ute for um, a fair bit more. That, that was 48. That, that, old, that old FX, that'd still be on an old six volt system, right? Well, some yeah. people change them. They I'm do. not sure whether this one isn't or mm. isn't, but. But you had know, some V8 Commodores going for the mid twenties. You know, I'm early Commodores. You know, unbelievable. And um, you know, a, a, a Statesman W Caprice for sixteen and a half, and and you know, and plus the memorabilia. Like yeah. people paid a lot of money for that. What was that overcoat? The service overcoat. Didn't yeah, you that, that, uh, that was a uh, Conundrum Motors service yeah. coat with a really hold service emblem yeah. on the pocket. Three and a half thousand dollars. <laughs> Wow. Plus premium. Plus Thanks premium, for coming. Mate. Now, so the guys that have the guys that have got these cars that are hanging on to them, and there's a number of us out there, and I know Bobby, you've got a few, but we've talked about your cars, and I know Stephen's got a couple of gems. I want to know a little bit about Sam's cars because I know Sam's got a couple of tribute cars, and being a Holden centric show today, HTT, I know he's got a tribute race car in a uh, in a um, Tirana hatch, and I know he's got a beautiful uh, VK tribute car, but uh, other than that. He's also got a couple of very genuine cars, um, one of those uh, being one of your old cars, uh, Bobby, the old VK Group A Commodore, only a low miler, right? How many miles on that, Sam? It's about 18,000 on there, Harry. Jeez, you, you don't drive that very often. You don't drive it often, but uh, when I do take it out, it's uh, a lot of fun, actually. What a classic car. There's also another car that actually Bobby used to own. He used to have it as everyday car. Was it a HK327? Mm. Which I own now as well, too. And uh, Rob used to drive it every day. And, Two-door uh, Kingswood, wasn't it? Yes, it is a two-door Kingswood. <laughs> oh, they're, they're throwing daggers at me already. No, boys, there's a serious Bathurst race car, I understand. It was, But yes. you've also got a Group 3 VH, right? I mean, they're VH coming on at the moment. Mm, very nice car, too. That's only got about, I think, 47,000 Ks on it. So, um, yeah. So in recent times, there was a feature done on a high-output version of one of those, and I believe it belonged to you, Bob. Did you have? Did you own that car, or you somehow... That's my current car. Oh, your current car. So it's a high-output... VH Group 3, built in 1983. And we're going to be talking to John Harvey because his one Bathurst win was actually in a VH, right? 1983, exactly. Correct. Yeah, right. Tell us about the high output cars. How many did they make? Well, um, the number's about 19. Of how many? Of, of a handful. Jeez, that's a rare car. Yeah, that's nine, a really 19 rare high outputs. Um, and yours is red, of course. It's red, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a very special car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the engine was uh, balanced and blueprinted by um, Ian Tate and yeah. Larry Perkins, and they were the HDT mechanics uh, of yeah. the day. Um, Peter Brock actually did tell me that uh, I asked him one day, um, "How did you get warranty on um, on that engine, Peter, like, yeah. with the standard M twenty one gearbox?" I never tried to hold them. Uh, if anything blew, I'll. I'll cover it myself. I'll put a I'll put a four nine inch diff in it. <laughs> I'm only kidding, boys. Take it easy, relax. <laughs> so, Sammy, just reeling back to your cars, mate. Yes, mate. You've got Monaros of all types. I don't. Know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to divulge how many cars you have, but you have quite a substantial collection and some pretty serious cars. One of which I quite like. One of my favourite looking Australian coupes is a HQ Monaro. Is that right? You have one of those? Or you... No, I don't. Oh, I you don't? Used okay. Yeah, I you used, used to have right. a HQ. I remember, you. I remember that, right. I had actually had an LE at one stage, an LE Monaro, and right. an HQ 253 four-speed car. Yep. But uh, I do have a 350 HQ, but that's actually a four-door. Four-door, uh, okay. Is that Cyan. a rare car, wouldn't it? Yeah, in Cyan with the white stripes, and obviously it looks fantastic. When you say Cyan, I'm trying to think. Is that Cyan the... blue. Blue, like a, like a metallic like blue. Like a mechanically blue. Yes, so of all yes. the cars you have, and I'm not going to go through them all because it's personal, what? Do you enjoy the most? What do you like getting into and giving a good old caning to? 
I think the um, the HDT cars are just are just a beautiful all-round car, very mm. comfortable. You can drive them for hours and just enjoy them and throw them around corners yeah. and really, um, you know, put your foot into it and enjoy them. Nice and relaxed, right? Yeah, yes, yes. And they're very well balanced. I found I found at the time that I used to own a beautiful VL. I had a VL uh, Plus Pack for a while there. It was a gorgeous car because they were just well balanced. They weren't the most powerful cars in the world. Okay, the VK was up there, but as a general rule, but because they had steering, they had suspension, they were lightweight, they were actually just a very well balanced vehicle as opposed to all grunt, no no steer, or very you know, true. all steer, no grunt. You know what very I mean? They were, they were a very good car. I uh, I think they're a, they're a good thing. And to be honest, in my opinion, probably underpriced in this day and age. When we look at what some of the other stuff that's selling out there, I think there's still legs in them. I think bang for buck, yes, yep. for sure, man. You get a lot of cars for uh, you get a lot of value in a lot of cars for, yeah. for what you're paying for them. Yeah. And uh, it's a car that you can drive every day if you wanted to and be comfortable. Mm. Go on long trips and really enjoy it. And the tribute cars, you've done them to spec, right? You've done yes, the sti- you've yes. gone the stickers with the A9X. You've gone yes. the stickers with the VK tribute car. Yes, yeah. actually, the VK. I'm actually racing that in uh, Bathurst at the end of November. Um, Beautiful. Just to do some laps around Bathurst, so that'll be quite interesting actually to see what, uh, what times I get. So. Excellent. Looking yeah. forward to that. Oh, and what about the old Monaro? I mean, the old Monaro being a 60s car, that wouldn't have been as comfortable, right? I'd well, imagine, I mean, a nice car, they've got the character and whatever, but a long time in the saddle, that'd be backbreaking. Beautiful cars to look at, beautiful cars to take it just down to the shops and back, but, yeah. uh, you know, to drive it for 100, 150 Ks, <laughs> uh, they do, uh, yeah, they do take tolls on your back, of course. Yeah, and I yeah. still go back to uh, Bruce McPhee, how he drove uh, that HK327. Uh, bar one lap, the whole race, you know, you know, six hours or whatever it was, five and a half, six yeah. hours, bar one lap, you know, yeah. you, you know, you'd feel broken afterwards. You need a masseuse. You, you, it's hard, you know, it's hard work. So. Pretty special, or or yeah. at least the or at least a half bottle of Jimmy Beam or something like that, just to numb the pain, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't mind that, do we, Bobby? Not at all. <laughs> all right. Listen, it's been great. Good to talk to you boys. We're good to catch up on the cars. We're going to come back. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to John Harvey. I'm really looking forward to this. Do you want to know the secret to having lean, powerful muscle? There is no secret. You have to push it. Push it real good. It's easier than that, big guy. Just go to musclecarsales.com.au. Looking for a supercharged XC Falcon Cobra? A tricked-out GTS Monaro? Or even some American muscle? Musclecarsales.com.au But Austrian muscle is the best! Hey Arnold! Yeah, what? Get back to your chopper, mate. Musclecarsales.com.au Real muscle. Welcome back to Muscle Car Radio. I am your host, Harry Christian. We have a very, very special guest on this uh, on this episode, Mr. John Harvey, HCT legend. Uh, Mr. John Harvey had a, um, a quite a career, raced from during the fifties and sixties, and retired uh, in nineteen eighty eight. Was uh, one of uh, one of the uh, major uh, race drivers, and of course uh, in amongst the HCT scene for a long, long time. He's going to be uh, one of the special guest speakers on the Legends of HCT evening that we've been talking about. Uh, on the phone right now, Mr. John Harvey. Welcome, John. Uh, hi there, hi, Harry. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time. I uh, have been captivated by your career as a kid. Uh, I, I was born in the 60s, in the late 60s, so, uh, you know, I uh, was watching you race in your heyday, of course, and saw all those very, very special times. But um, I, uh, you know, understand that uh, you took the uh, started out, actually, with speed car racing back in the 50s and 60s. Is that right? Uh, from what I understand, you were a speed car racer. I certainly was, yeah. I started at uh, uh, Windsor Speedway, which I don't know if you remember that place. It's been long closed. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I had my first drive there, and then 
progressed. And, uh, you know, I think in the second season I was racing at the Sydney Showground and then we used to do Westmead on the, in the winter season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I uh, finally retired from Speedway in 64 when I had an offer from a guy to take up road racing, which I'd always wanted to do. Yeah. And so uh, then uh, the rest of that's history. Fantastic. And so that was your main motivation? You just had you just had an offer to go into road racing? Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Excellent. And you uh, raced all kinds of things, Cooper S Minis. You were, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you were the 1966 one-and-a-half-litre champion, right, You in a Brabham, is that correct? Yeah, that was a Brabham, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Formula 2, uh, uh, little twin-cam Ford engines, and... Uh, but not only did we win the, win the championship that year, we competed with the Gold Star cars in the main Australian championship. Mm-hmm. And I finished second in that on the on the last uh, event of the year, which was, I think it was about eight, nine races right around Australia. Uh, it coincided with the, you know, the, we coincided with the Formula One championship. And so I was second in that. Fantastic. That was a pretty good year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, an illustrious career, if I uh, don't mind saying so. But then you had, of course, 67. You've joined the Bob Jane uh, team. Uh, and then in 71, 72, you were the Australian sports car champ. You drove in all sorts of things, the McLaren M6B, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ribco-powered thing. So tell us a little bit about that. That would have been uh, that would have been very interesting days. Oh, fantastic. That was one of the best racing cars I've ever driven, that McLaren uh, sports car. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob and I were in uh, Europe... Uh, and we had a great meeting with uh, uh, Bruce McLaren and all the team were there because they, you know, Bob had bought a few bits and pieces off me over the year and he was good friends with Bruce. And uh, we went to his office, uh, I think it was about five o'clock one evening. We were ca- catching a plane out of London that day, that night. And uh, Bruce was in good spirits, all the team were there and we had a great night with them for about you know, a couple of hours chatting and so on. And uh, And then Bruce said... Bob, I've got to go. He said, I've got to go to a, a, a big beating tonight and I'm getting a presentation for winning the Can-Am series and da-da-da-da-da. And he said, I've forgotten my suit. And he said, I, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and Bob Bob was about the same size as, size as Bob, yep. as Bruce. And so Bob said, oh, I've just bought two new suits. So I went into the car and grabbed the two suits and brought them in. And, uh, you know, all the team in there, all the guys. And uh, Bob said, try it on, try it on. So... Bruce stripped all his gear off, after his undies, got a shirt and put the suit on. As you do. <laughs> so Bob gave him the suit. He went off to uh, the, that night and we flew home to, to Sydney that night also. But, of course, when we got back to Sydney, we arrived sometime the next day. I forget what time it was, sort of mm-hmm. morning, I think. And uh, uh, we picked up the paper when we walked in the, uh, the lounge to wait for the domestic flight to Melbourne. And there was the headline that Bruce had been killed. Oh, goodness me. Not good. Yeah, that was terrible. Mm. <laughs> but uh, motor racing has its ups and downs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you, uh, you, you live on the edge with motor racing. I mean, these, uh, sometimes these things are, are going to happen. But uh, look, uh, you then on went on to uh, touring cars, right? So 76, you sort of went into the first round of the touring car championship. In all things, an L34 Toronto, is that right? And, you, and I think you... You had some success at Simmons Plains, I think, in 76, early? Yeah, actually, that was a drive that Harry Firth organised for me. Yeah. Harry, for some reason, I didn't know it at the time, but he always had a eye on me, thought I was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asked me to uh, have a drive for him. And so that meant going down to Tassie and driving this car, which was uh, a friend of his, mm-hmm. quite a nice car. 
but not I hadn't competed in the touring car championship or anything like that. So anyway, it was a touring car championship race. I qualified it on pole and led all the way home uh, my first drive in a touring car championship race with uh, uh, Bobby Morris and Colin Bond were second and third. Fantastic. Yeah, good old days. That's great. Because those two blokes had never sort of been beaten at that period in touring cars. They were the top dogs. Yeah, they were. And then, of course, there was the, the whole, there was the whole, uh, you know, Bathurst thing, right? And the lap controversy. Was that in 1976, right? Oh, that, yes, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> good one. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was one of those things. Uh, we both had a late pit stop, but uh, we knew that uh, Colin was leading by a lap from Bob Morris. He had a long pit stop with some problem with the differential, and they couldn't get oil in it because it was red hot and so on and so forth. And uh, something had happened to Colin. He got a stone through the radiator and started to get hot. And I mean, he's leading the race by over a lap. And uh, so afterwards, they gave us second place. Wow. And you know, what's going on here? We we actually won the race, but there'd been a mix-up with the uh, point score, so they sent one of their people, HDT sent one of their people over there with the, the officials, and the, they had a meeting and come back to the, the official, or the, our, our person, and said, well, you've actually won the race. We've just done a recount. You've actually won the race. So, uh, in other words, saying we'll make an announcement. They said, uh, what do you want to do about it? Oh, goodness me. The guy who attended this meeting on our behalf, he didn't have the authority to make any decisions, so he, they come out there and they made a phone call to the uh, uh, Holden Sales and Marketing Director who'd been at the races but had flown home. They rang him at home and uh, the thing with, with uh, the win, Bob Morris had you know, been given the win and he was a friend of Holden's mm-hmm. and a you know, sponsored driver and so on in a private car for Ron Hodson Motors in Sydney and uh, uh, they just had a meeting, they had a conversation over the phone and said, look, with all the, the you know, the publicity, that the, the race win for Bob Morris and uh, to change that now to just be, oh, you know, the fans would go berserk and mm. it'd be so bad for Holden, so they said, we'll just leave it the way it was. And that was it. Yeah. Colin and I had to cop it and Harry was very, very upset about that and I think that particular point was the turning point for Harry. From that yeah. point on, he just lost, you know, he lost his interest because Holden hadn't backed him yeah. and, uh, and that was the end of it. He retired not long after that. Yeah, uh, Stephen Short here, John. Um, how are you? Um, and what about Bathurst 83, mate, with the BH Commodore? Uh, that was a, a day to remember as well. Certainly was. Yeah. I've been trying to do that for a long while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that was in the bag a couple of times. I'd lost out, but I'd had a few second places and third. But you know, the, the, obviously, the one reason you go to Bathurst is to win it. So yeah. to get that behind me and that done was just really fantastic. I really enjoyed that. No, really good news. Um, fantastic. But, um, you know what I'm over the win. What I'm interested to understand and know a little bit about is some of the characters, John. Obviously. Uh, you know, you're one of the legends of the motorsport. We've got, uh, you know, we've, we've got the passing of, of uh, Peter Brock and that we've just come up to, to 10 years. You talk of Harry Firth and some, some real giants in the industry. I'd like to have a little bit of an insight on what these guys were like because we see them through, uh, through, through eyes as, you know, as, as awe-inspired kids and we watch these guys do their thing as yourself over the years. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with, uh, with Harry Firth and indeed Peter Brock and, and that whole HDT dynamic and, you know, we're just, just your feelings of it. Oh, look, it, it was a fabulous time. I mean, Holden were riding, you know, 
on a wave, you know, the Holden cars were the ones to beat in that period, and we were there with, I was there with Holden Racing Team, you know, so the directors of the race of the General Motors would come to most of the meetings, I mean, they, they loved it and showed their support, and uh, it was just a great time, and, the, you know, Holdens were doing well, not only us, but the other teams as well. The, the word just spread with Holdens, mm. you know, it was such a competitive car with the top names driving them, and it just it just blew the sails, you know, through the roof. I mean, no, it really yeah. did have an impact, you know, race on Sunday, sell on Monday. That's, That's really good those days. And they set the pace, no doubt about it. John, we really want to thank you for your time. We're going to catch up with you on the 5th of November out at the Legends of HCT Day. Really thank you for taking the time this evening to have a chat to us. The uh, the event is brought to us by the Muscle Classic and Performance Car Club of New South Wales. We're going to post how people can uh, can get their uh, tickets. Um, I believe it's almost a full house anyway, but, you know, we'll, we'll cater for the people. Um, really look forward to taking the time to listen to yourself and Joe and Steve, of course, telling us more stories about, you know, those days that are so revered. Uh, there's just something about uh, this day and age that just doesn't have the same, if, if I may, sort of uh, feel about uh, those those early days. So uh, we really, uh, really thank you uh, once again for taking the time, John. Look, I, I understand exactly what you're saying then, and I agree with you. So, uh, look, it was my pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you guys when I go up there. Welcome back to Muscle Car Radio. I'm your host, Harry Christian. I'm here with the HDT boys. I've got Rob, I've got Steve, I've got Sammy, and uh, we've just been speaking to John Harvey. We have another HDT legend, but this particular legend was in the behind the scenes, if you like administration of Holden Motorsports. He was the guy behind everything we saw on the telly and everything we experienced out on the racetrack. A very big thank you and a warm welcome for taking the time, Joe Felice. How are you, Joe? Hello, Harry. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. I've just been talking to the guys here and we've just had a, a real good chinwag with uh, with John and he uh, ran us through some of the some of the very special moments, you know, 83 and, uh, of course, back in 76 and all those sort of times. And we, sure. went, we went right back to his uh, speed car driver days. Um, I'm always fascinated about the people that, you know, put these things together and manage the teams and, you know, the, 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 the guys behind the scenes. What exactly did you do and how long okay. did you do it for Holden? Okay. I was Holden's manager of motorsport from 1969 to 1979. Wow. So um, I basically, when we started up the Holden dealer team, it was basically started around about 68 and I, I was working in engineering department in those days, and John Bagshaw, who was our director of marketing and sales, whose brainchild the Holden dealer team was, um, was sort of trying to put it together a team of people who uh, were interested in motorsport, and I happened to be one of those people, and I got uh, recruited from engineering over to to marketing, and um, that's where it all sort of started. We'd just got Harry Firth then, um, the original Holden dealer team was was a, a few cars, rally cars, put together for the London to Sydney rally with that a guy called David Mackay, who I'm sure you would know, mm-hmm. uh, who was a journalist in Sydney. Uh, he was the team manager, but he really wasn't a technical guy. He was a, a journo and a driver. And when we um, when Ford let Harry go, we sort of got hold of him and. Um, uh, we sort of then had to let uh, David go. Oh, David was working in, in journalism anyway. And I kind of took over the Holden side of it, and Harry was the, the, the first motors side of it. So Harry, in fact, reported to me, as, as did the drivers. So we had a separate contract with the drivers and with Harry. Uh, Harry, Harry um, 
retain them for driving, we retain them for promotions and, and, and advertising and things like that. Mm. But we paid Harry to pay them for the driving, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Totally understand. <laughs> so it was all very convoluted because on, in those days, General Motors had a corporation non-racing policy, which we sort of had to overcome because... Uh, it was a very divided company in those days. Mm. Half of us were very motor racing orientated and half weren't. So, Sam's um, got a very interesting question around that, uh, uh, that yep. very topic. <laughs> Just on that, Joe, um, in regards to the XU1 V8. Now, you've told me and I've, yep. I've, I've heard before that you actually had one as your uh, everyday car. Yeah, Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, the orange, the Lone Ranger one. If you, if you look up the history, there were three, three cars we built. We built a, an orange one, which was a Lone Ranger in those days. Obviously, that was my company car. And um, we had a white one and a pink one, um, which we're, you know, we're putting bits and pieces into, obviously. And the, 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 the orange one, which was my car, we put um, special bonnet locks on it with big, <laughs> big Lockwood padlocks. Oh, Stephen was telling me about that before. <laughs> yeah, Larry Perkins nicknamed it the Lockwood Specials. And <laughs> 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 well, the reason we did that is because we didn't want anyone at General Mo Obviously, my car was in the plant mm. um, and looked after by the garage, like from a point of view of fuel and things like that and servicing. But we obviously didn't want... They used to just do automatic service on company cars. And we didn't want them touching that car. So we put padlocks on, which I had the keys to, so people couldn't touch it, you know. I used to get it serviced at first, obviously. What a fantastic story. Joe Rob Lasseter yeah. here. How are you tonight? I'm good, thank you. Um, what what happened to those free cars? The, well, over the years, you hear stories. Rob wants one. Well, well, the orange car, the orange car was a double, double steel job. Um, when it was still a V8, I actually was at the old Melbourne Motor in one night with Leo Pruno, who was our director of design, having a meal with him because he was actually on the way back to the States and he was staying there. Um, and I came back and my car was stolen. <laughs> so I found a, an old Volkswagen in its place. So, But we did find the car and we found it outside actually the Footscray Police Station, which might mean nothing to you guys, was just a local police station, minus the powertrain. So obviously they thought it had a, a racing powertrain in it, which it didn't. It just had a standard V8 and transmission, you know. But uh, we, got, we got it back and, and um, we finished up. We put the six-cylinder engine back into it and sold it off as an ex-engineering car to a dealer in Kyabram. Um And... Um, Blow me down, the car's been stolen again and it's still stolen. So um, <laughs> it's, it's still an ROCV insurance Those job. Those and column locks, eh? <laughs> yeah, but uh, the, um, the other two cars, when the project was, was killed off, I had to get the cars back in a hell of a hurry because, you know, I, <laughs> I think that was the closest I ever came to getting the sack. Having worked for General Motors for over 40 years, I thought that day I was finished. But when, when I got the big message, the project is dead. <laughs> kill, it, kill it, kill it, And I had to get the two cars back, and uh, they, they went back to engineering department and went to Lang Lang. And as far as I'm concerned, they were crushed, but there's all sorts of rumours around. I don't know. I, once the cars were out of my control and back to Lang Lang, they were put under wraps in Lang Lang for years, and... 
and I lost sort of touch with them because by then we'd had obviously the SLR had come out and then the A9, the L34 and A9X etc. So I really wasn't interested anymore. But as far as I was concerned, the things were crushed at Lang Lang. Hey Joe, uh, Stephen Short here. Um, how did it all go? Um, you know, sort of getting everyone to fit into the team and you know, as you were the marketing guy and all that, you know, you had your Obviously, you had, uh, you had your drivers, and you had Harry Firth and your mechanics. Did they all sort of gel together well, or were a few yeah, personality yeah, problems? Or? Oh, yes and no. Um, I mean, the drivers all gone on very well, obviously. We, we had our moments with... I mean, I, I'm not telling any lies because uh, it's all written, and Peter and I were very good mates, but there was a certain time when I had to let Peter go, um, at, that's when he went off and was driving for uh, the Gown Hindoff car and then the Bill Patterson mm-hmm. car because mm-hmm. we had problems not with him but with his manager as such. Uh, that was when he was married to Michelle Downs. And um, it just became untenable, the situation. Uh, the manager he has was... Uh, wasn't of our ilk, let's just say that, without going at all. Yeah, fair enough. No, we don't, we don't need to go any further. Uh, and um, we sort of let him go, but then later on we made, we kissed and made up, and, and I actually re-employed him on Charlie O'Brien's boat up at the Gold Coast. <laughs> uh, you must have had some good times. I, I know you talk about those uh, sort of more average moments, uh, uh, yep. but there must have been some good times, Joe. That, oh, look, uh, there were some great times, but there's also times when you... <laughs> it's the old, old story, mate, you know? When you win, everyone wants to wants to take the credit, and when you lose, everyone puts knives in exactly your back. Right, fair <laughs> enough, yeah, yeah, right. Well, these guys would have been, would have been uh, you know, akin to rock stars as well, right? So they were out there, and you, you're controlling uh, you're controlling egos as well as you're controlling you know the team and everything else that goes with it. So yeah, yeah quite a job in the background, I'd imagine. Yeah, they're, they're a great guy. So yeah, I got to say they were really like Peter. Peter, even though the one thing with Peter, I'll, I'll say this till the day well he's gone now. I mean, we were good mates. We used to share a com in the old days, in the early days when there was no accommodation at Bathurst, etc. And whenever there was room, and when we didn't have a big budget in the early days till we got with Marlborough, um, you know, we used to, Peter and I used to share a room all the time together. I used to just keep an eye on him. Keep out of strife, No, not so much out of strife, but he was super casual. You know, he was a sort of guy, uh, he'd be at Bathurst and, 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 you know, the traffic's like at Bathurst trying to get into the racetrack, uh, you know, half an hour before the race sort of thing, and Peter would be sitting there reading the paper and his jocks and <laughs> having a cup of tea, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you say, Jesus, where's your helmet? Where's your gloves? Where's, you know, oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know where I left them. I had them yesterday. Yeah. But, but uh, no, he was a great guy, and, and, and um, I've got to say, he was probably one of the nicest guys you could ever meet, you know. Yeah. He really was, and, and, and a really good driver. And so was John, by the way. You know, we, we put John on, obviously, later on. Um, and uh, John is a terrific guy, too, you know. Uh, were you in the background still when they uh, started to develop uh, the Commodore, or had you moved that, well, on? I'm it? sorry, I, could, I didn't hear that word. What was it? He said Commodore. Com- Commodore. I was <laughs> saying, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you no, finished that, in 79? Yeah, yeah. Now that was the, yeah. I was there for the development yeah, of it, but yeah. then I left in '79. I actually left. What happened? We we um, um, I got to the stage. Well, actually, I got to the stage where I, I let Harry go in the end because I made him retire. 
because, you know, I was getting a lot of criticism about the state of the cars. Look, uh, don't get me wrong. Harry was terrific for his era. He was really a terrific mechanic, a terrific engineer. For his era, he was, he was great. But one of the problems I had with Harry is by the time we sort of got with Marlborough, who were very professional, obviously, and so was our company, and one of the reasons we got together... And by the way, a lot of something a lot of people don't know, it was Peter Jansen who, who brokered the deal of us and Marlborough getting mm. together. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of people think Peter's a, is a bit of a... Um, <laughs> a bit, bit of a loose cannon, which you know, but but he's actually quite a br- brilliant sort of a guy, and, and also a very good driver. And um, he actually brokered that deal, and we got together, and we became very professional, obviously, because they had a Formula One team. Yeah. And um, you know, all our uniforms, everything else, sort of changed, and and the cars had to look smick. And I don't blame them; they were putting in a big, big quid. Absolutely. Um, and unfortunately, Harry. <laughs> And those of you who know Harry, Harry had a very favourite saying, which was cock. <laughs> I hope this isn't going to air. But no, that's all right. It's all good. He used to say... Adults only. Everything was cock, you know? <laughs> and, I, and I used to say, Harry, for Christ's sake, the cars look like shit. And he'd say, listen, cock, you want to win races or win beauty contests? <laughs> and I'd say, for Christ's sake. Oh, Joe, fair dinkum, mate. This is what we're going to expect. Hon- uh, honestly, and, and, yeah. and this was the trouble. And in the end, one day... Um, I got to say, we're at we're at uh, Sandown, and then, I don't know whether you know Sandown, but Sandown goes the other way, and Peter had had a bit of a a, a, a bit of a run in in an early race, mm-hmm. and uh, Philip Morris had all their major dealers there. They were having a big promotion. They'd they'd bought half the stand, I reckon, and I sort of was over there. Their managing director was there, and their promotions to manager, and Christ knows what, you know, and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Peter turns up at the star line with M-A-R-L and the B-R-R-O were missing off the front door. <laughs> the, w- <laughs> the wind-up, eh? <laughs> and, of course, Jesus, the managing director's gone oh, apeshit. Filthy. Uh, Joe, we could talk for hours, and we will on the night, mate, 5th of November, uh, at the Ridges Parramatta. We're going to have the legends of okay. HDT. The uh, boys are going to be there. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And, look, I, I, uh, I am, as we say here, we're totally revved. It's fantastic, uh, the stories and, and, and reminiscing. And uh, we could, as I say, sit here and talk to you for hours. We will on the night. Thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, Legends of HGT, you've been listening to uh, Joe Felice, uh, brought to you by amusclecarsales.com.au. Well, welcome back. How good was that, boys? Good John stuff, Harvey, Harry. Joe, hey, fantastic, fantastic. John Harvey, Joe. I mean, an insight behind the scenes. You hear about the race car drivers and the cars and whatever, but you never hear about how they run the show and who keeps them all in line. You know, that was fantastic. That was a great. So the night's going to be excellent. I mean, these guys will go on for hours over a couple of drinks. Too, I can imagine they're going to loosen right up. I right? think they'll loosen up and come up with some great stories. Yeah. come up with some stories that uh, yeah, that, that no one's actually heard about before. So great insights. Uh, I thought it was one, one of the best. So uh, thank you very much for uh, listening in. Uh, I'm here with uh, Sam, of course. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Bob and we've got Steve. Uh, great night. Thank you, boys, for taking the time. Legends of HDT coming up, brought to you by the Muscle Classic and Performance Car Club of New South Wales. That's on the 5th of November at Ridges Parramatta. We on our website will uh, post how you can get tickets. Thanks for listening to Muscle Car Radio. <laughs> <laughs>